I read that one priest said that he liked Halloween, for it was the only time that Americans really thought about death and the dead. Today, as the octave day is the octave day of All Saints, which is, of course, the day after All Saints is the day after Halloween or Al Hallows Eve, the eve of the feast day of all the holy ones. Allow me to preach once more uh, on this theme. Last week I preached on the communion of the saints. This week I'd like to connect up some history of this great feast day and encourage us to recognize the Christian roots of the day and of the octave. Unfortunately, Halloween is seen in our Christian culture by many as a day of evil and occult activity and other horrors, though in many Christian circles a day to dress up and enjoy festivities and for children to go house to house and say trick-or-treat and hopefully gain a piece of candy out of the affair. Although sometimes I've known kids to reach into the candy bowl and grab a fistful. Of course, the trick of trick-or-treat is an implied bit of mischief if the child does not get the treat. At least that's what some have thought. The old tradition in Scotland and Ireland was called guising from the disguises the children would wear and the child would have to perform to earn his piece of candy. So the trick would be uh, maybe a silly poem or perhaps a musical number on a small instrument. This sounds like the innocent fun most of us had on Halloween growing up. Yet as mentioned, for Christians there is often a suspicion that the day is really about the occult and evil demonic stuff in general. An old Scottish litany has this line, from ghoulies and ghosties and long-legged beasties and things that go bump in the night, good Lord, deliver us. And speaking of the Scots, the Celtic reference of Irish and Scottish children guising, please allow me to clear up any confusion regarding Samhain. That's how you pronounce S-A-M-H-A-I-N. It looks like Samhain, but it's Samhain. Uh, it's the ancient Celtic festival of the dead. And many today believe that All Hallows' Eve is a Christianization of that ancient Celtic festival. Now, it wouldn't be terribly unusual for the church to take dominion over such a holiday, but just for the record, that is not the case here. A scholar named Fraser made this argument in the 19th century. And the idea has stuck in the popular imagination. In truth, Fraser's arguments have been dismissed for a long time in the academic world, but are still the backbone of popular belief in the culture of our day, so that many Christians fear that Halloween is really pagan and that Christians should not be involved at all or involved guiltily at best. Many non-Christians are convinced that Halloween has nothing to do with the church, and neo-paganism is pressing this point, often veering into the truly frightening world of the occult. Let's also make sure that we understand the progress of the name Halloween. Halloween is a contraction, as most of you know, of All Hallows' Evening. Hallow is a verb. As a verb means to make holy, of course, but as a noun in older English, it was used to refer to a holy person or to a saint. Probably comes from the Greek hagios, but I don't have that connection, etymological connection. Al Hallows Eve is the night before the great feast of All Hallowed, or All the Holy Ones, or All Saints. 
And All Hallows' Eve, of course, just contracted to Halloween. All Saints, as a feast day, has a long history in the church. Reference to such a feast occurs in the writings of Ephraim Sirius, Cyrus, who died in 373. While in Chrysostom, who died in 407, it is assigned to a definite day already, namely the first Sunday after Pentecost the day that is still observed in the Eastern Church for all saints. In the West, the feast became more firmly established in the 600s after the consecration of the Pantheon in Rome as a church dedicated to St. Mary and all martyrs. That church saw an all saints celebration every year in May uh, after that time. In the early 700s, the day was moved to, to November 1st, where it still is in the West today. Regarding the traditions of the Feast of All Hallowed Day, many of the pagan customs of the Celts and the Anglo-Saxons have obviously been preserved and often reinterpreted to fit into the life of churchmen. One commentator notes, the modern American custom of trick-or-treating is a case in point. It seems to have evolved from a combination of different customs, some pagan, some Christian. It was often believed in pagan times that the spirits of the dead and various other ghouls wandered abroad and about on particular days or seasons, evoking fear and wreaking havoc. One way of dealing with these demons was to dress up like them and lead them away from homes and villages, thus the custom of dressing in costumes on Halloween. Another way of dealing with them, particularly if they were believed to be the ghosts of family and friends, was to invite them into the light to sit by the hearth and be warmed and fed, thus the custom of giving out treats. A medieval custom of this festival, related to the guising of the Scottish children, is souling. Beggars, you see, would, would go from house to house asking for food. A soul cake was the norm, uh, as it was, and the soul cake was essentially a form of shortbread with currants or other fruit in it. Uh, and they would ask for that soul cake in return for saying a prayer for the departed members of a household. A soul cake, a soul cake, pray, good missus, a soul cake an apple, a pear, a plum, a cherry, any good thing to make us all merry. One for Peter, two for Paul, three for him who made us all. Up with the kettle, down with the pan, give us good alms and we'll be gone. <laughs> so there's, there's quite a lot of folkloric stuff out there. You can see that this holiday has always been a time of merriment. But it has also been a time to think about death and those that have died. Contemporary Christians tend to avoid death. Have you noticed? And they, this, the celebration of all saints is a wonderful opportunity, a wonderful way to be forced to face death and to deal with it for our contemporary culture. You see, the whole celebration of all saints is really a mocking of death itself. Remember, death was triumphed over by Christ's death and resurrection. Those who have died in Christ are not dead, but alive in Christ and awaiting the final resurrection of the dead in the last days. Please remember from last week's sermon, every time we ascend into heaven to worship God at his table, we are joining those who have gone before at that great feast in heaven. This is the communion of the saints, and we are called to remember the great cloud of witnesses and to pray for them as they pray for us. C.S. Lewis exhorted us to remember that this life is just the practice ground for the next. Life is not over when we leave this earth. In many ways, it is just beginning.
Dr. Pusey remarks that All Saints should be a day of subdued holy joy, peculiar to itself. On other festivals, we praise God for some portion of his work of mercy in our redemption or for some of that holy band of apostles and evangelists through whom the light of the glorious gospel is reached to us. Today, we praise him for having perfected what he began, for having completed in man what he wrought for him. Today is the festival of all the redeemed whom he perfected. He continues that on all saints we should think of all those examples all whose examples kindled our early faith. Patriarchs, apostles, prophets, martyrs, confessors, teachers, apostles, penitents are there. All are at rest from their various labors. All have come out of their varied tribulations and have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. They are with Christ. Behold him by sight, not by faith. They see him ineffably, joy in his countenance. They see light in his light, have begun their endless praise of God. Yea, it is to be hoped that all of us have a still closer interest there. All have some who long for and await their coming. Impatience, hope, peace, and prayer. All have some link of human affection with the unseen world. The simple truth is that the church should reclaim her 1,300 years of heritage and own the truth with beauty and goodness and should celebrate Halloween as the church has always celebrated it, with the liturgies and prayers and devotions associated with the festival and the octave of the festival, including the remembrance of all the Anglican martyrs and saints as we've done this morning. How much and what kind of parties are up to the discretion of the church and her people. The number and choice of the many pagan traditions from the old world that still cling to all saints that should be used in these parties and celebrations on all saints is also to be chosen wisely. But really, who wants to ban apple bobbing because it is folkloric roots in predicting future love, finding a husband, and likely being a fertility rite? Let us never forget that we are part of the body of Christ, and that body extends throughout all of history and all over the world. Pray for the saints, brethren, as they pray for you. Amen.